there's this guy I want to tell you about. His, he lived in the 1800s. His name was William Gladstone. Has anyone ever heard of William Gladstone before? Uh, I, I um, yeah. So anyways, uh, this guy was a big deal. He was a big uh, public servant of, uh, of England for uh, many years. He lived to be like 85 years old. And uh, he actually became prime minister four times in England. And he was very well liked. And uh, later in his older years, uh, he would go on and do um, like speaking events, and people really loved him. He was uh, a big deal, and even amongst the youth. And uh, one of the times he was speaking, he told a story about this other time this kid approached him really zealously. I'm going to tell you about it. William Gladstone and this kid. This kid came up to him and, uh, and was asking him all kinds of stuff, and, and, and William said, hey, what do you hope to do when, uh, when you graduate from college? And the kid said, well, um, I hope to attend law school, just like you did, sir. And uh, William Gladstone said, well, that was really noble of you. What, um, and, uh, and, and, after, and, and then what? And the kid said, well, I hope to practice law and make a good name for myself, defending the poor and the outcast society, just as you did. He said, well, that's a noble purpose. And then what? Well, sir, I, I hope one day to stand for parliament and become a servant of the people just like you. As you could tell, this kid really like this guy. He's really, <laughs> people come up to me, I want to be just like you, Tim. This never happens. I don't know. This guy must have been a big deal. Um, and so anyways, uh, so I, I, I hope, I think, well, that's really noble. He says, and then what? Uh, one day I, I hope to serve parliament with great distinction, um, evidencing integrity and concern for justice, even as you. Then what? Well, I hope to serve the government as prime minister with the same vigor, dedication and vision and integrity as you. Then what? Well, I hope to retire with honors and write my memoirs, even as you're presently doing, uh, so that others can learn from my mistakes and triumphs. All that's very noble. <laughs> the guy must have been thinking like, <laughs> uh, so the kid said to him, well, then what? Well, the guy said to him, and then what? And he said, well, uh, hmm, I suppose I'll die. <laughs> and I get the guy's thinking like, is that it? Is that what's left of my life? And then I'll die. And uh, anyways, uh, so he, he says, uh, well, that's correct, sir. William Gladstone said, that's correct. Then you'll die. And then what? And the kid looked puzzled at him. And he said, well, sir, he answered hesitantly. Uh, I've never given any thought to that. Young man, Gladstone responded, I only have one advice for you. Go home, read your Bible, and think about eternity. I thought that was, huh. Today we're going to talk about eternity. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys all to get your cell phones out real quick. This is how we do attendance. If you're new here, welcome to the way. Uh, we ask that you would text in so that we, we can get your information. And, uh, and it lets us know that you're here. And so if you're always attending, we still want you to text in. Uh, anyways, uh, you're going to text 777-3520. And the keyword today is eternity. And so what will happen is if you've never texted before, someone will text you back and say, hey, and um, we will ask you for some info. We're not going to spam you. We just want to record info so we know where you're from and how you got here and some other things. <laughs> Anyways, text us back and uh, we'll, um, then we'll give you some fun stuff back there after service. That'll be wonderful. Fun stuff. Woohoo! Eternity. Um, this is the part where I get super nervous. And, um, whew, man, eternity. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I need your help. Amen. Eternity. 
I don't know what your thoughts are on eternity, but I recognize that I'm speaking to a lot of people that I don't know. And so with that being said, some people don't believe in eternity because they, uh, they don't believe in God or they don't know what their thoughts are on it. They haven't figured it out yet. And so sometimes they want God to make sense. And uh, God's almost never going to make sense. And so here's what I uh, wanted you to know. thought about this. It's hard for people that want to understand God to find God. You have to come to a point where you're willing to learn as opposed to listen and get it. Does that make sense? And uh, I thought of this. Imagine this is all the information in the world. Okay? All the information in the world. And let's imply that you are the smartest person on the planet. You're a Stephen Hawking or you're, you're, you're crazy and you know a lot about everything. On a pie chart, if you knew, if you were the smartest person on the planet, how much info would that really be? I mean, you know, like if you knew brain surgery and you understood how to connect the nerve endings going through your body and if you could understand um, women. <laughs> you like that? Right? I planned that one. That was a good one. Okay, cool. And so, uh, and, so uh, and you understood everything like like space and outer particles and black holes and everything that's going on, you'd probably still only get that much information. And so maybe, what if there is a possibility that God exists in this part of information that you don't yet understand? I want you to know that I, I, there's a mass majority of people on earth that do believe that God exists. And we're all trying to figure out how to define him but I think that it's an important question, what happens when you die? What happens next? It's one of the most sobering events. I've had a few people this week in church that recently lost a family member. And I realize that when you are looking at a casket, you realize there's probably not a bigger question that matters more than that. And so uh, we polled you guys a couple months ago at Easter and asked if you guys, what you guys wanted to talk about at service. And um, some of, a lot of people said eternity. And so um, I think that that's a pretty big subject, and I'm going to try to cover it in like a couple minutes this morning. Anyways, eternity. Whew. Here we go. Um, so I'm thinking about all the people in the world that, uh, that, are, that are geniuses and don't believe that there's God because they want to learn him, you know? And I was thinking about the smartest people and smartest brains in the world. And I, I, I looked this up this week. This is not part of my, my sermon, but um, Einstein, right? It's one of the smartest people in the world. His law of like gravity and everything like that, it works just about everywhere, but it doesn't work in black holes. I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. And then as I looked further into Einstein and the other things that he didn't understand, I thought that he, uh, I realized, did you know that Einstein uh, was married twice? Um, and the second time he married, he married his cousin. And uh, he had many children with his cousin. So I realized, you know what, Einstein doesn't have all the knowledge in the world. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he missed that one. Uh, I, I looked up Bill Nye, the science guy this week. He, he hit media again this week. He played softball. Did you guys see that? He, he got a base hit. It was a big deal. Bill Nye, the science guy. Base hit. That's, that's pretty huge. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, smartest guy in the world. Also, he's pretty smart. Uh, couldn't figure out love either. There's a lot of things that we can't figure out in love. And Bill Nye, the science guy, got married one time. Two weeks it lasted. And he was like, whew, 
Can you imagine that? I mean, like you're a genius. You can figure out everything in the world, but you can't figure out how to make it. Now, don't get me wrong. Relationships are complicated. Uh, but I, I realize that there is a lot of information that we're just never going to understand if you want to argue this or argue that. There's just so much information out there. That's where that woman joke came in. I thought it was clever. Okay, here we go. So anyways, um, oh yeah, here's my illustration. What is eternity? And so uh, I thought of this like several years ago. This is my, like, my favorite illustration. Can you just like hold this and throw it on the ground, whatever, and then I'm come over here. Eternity, if I could sum it up, is really big. <laughs> it's really, really, really big. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know your part already. You see how they figured out? That's <laughs> really clever of you. And so uh, you're good there. You can uh, probably just let it go. You can lay it on the ground. If, uh, if, if this is eternity, it would probably, it would actually go on and on and on and on and on. And if I was to say like, this is your life, then this here would probably be like mankind. I don't know so far. But it goes on, like it's, it's a big deal. Eternity is a really, really, really long time. And so of all the questions that we could figure out in life, I don't know many that we should spend more time on than figuring out what we're gonna do with forever. 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 What movie was that? Come on, guys. There you go, we got some sandlotters here. The best movie of all time. I tried watching it with my kid and I realized you can't, you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn, it's bad. All right, here we go. Um, so uh, what is eternity? Um, well, I got a video I want to show you guys. It's pretty cool. It's by my favorite uh, communicator. His name is Francis Chan and uh, he's got a pretty cool video. We want to show you guys. Check it out. Imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red? Bright house. Terrible. Imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on Earth. You've got a few short years here on Earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about, you're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna save, 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 so I can really enjoy this part right here. And you're consumed with that, and you're thinking, oh man, am I gonna get to travel? Am I gonna eat well? Am I gonna do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about what about all this stuff? It's just it's crazy to me because because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can? Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. 
See, I'm gonna forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not gonna look around. I'm gonna be like a runner, just looking at that moment when I face God, because when I face Him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb. There's a lot of theology out there about what it looks like with heaven and hell. I remember when I um, first came to know Christ, I had a lot of different ideas of eternity. I, I believed that there was probably a heaven, and I don't know if it was to make me feel good about life or whatever, and I was pretty confident I would make it there despite the fact that I had hurt a lot of people and stolen and taken a lot of things. And uh, there was, after a while, I kind of looked deeper at myself and realized, man, if there's if there is a heaven, I'm probably not going to make it. And I, and it kind of really started to scare me. And I started to try to figure out some answers in life. And I tried Buddha and I tried Reiki and all these things. And I remember the first time I was, I was, I was hit by a car. I was on drugs and I was hit by a car and I ended up at the hospital for about four days. And after getting out of the hospital, a preacher came and told me about the Lord while I was in the hospital. I got out that night and I um, was put in a car and I was, uh, we were driving to a party that night and um, I was in another car accident. And um, I, uh, the, I put my seatbelt on. We were in the fog. It was really, really foggy. And I remember um, putting my seatbelt on thinking, like, this is kind of scary. And uh, I put my seatbelt on, and I looked up, and I saw the yellow line of the road go that way. And I yelled at the girl. I said, Yo, go that way. And uh, we hit a tree. And I woke up about an hour later in the back of an ambulance. Uh, my face was all bloody and black and blue on the other side from my previous car accident. And I remember the guy looking at me going, what happened to your face on the other side? And I said, I was in an accident. And he said, man, I think God's trying to get your attention. And I started thinking about eternity and I started thinking about eternity. And I started thinking about eternity. And, and uh, as I started looking into some information, these are some things I found out. Now, as I, as I realized is that a lot of people have a view of Jesus, Muslims and a lot of other, so Jesus is a, is, is a, he's, he's accepted in just about every culture under the sun as a genius and a prophet. This week I listened to some Muslims talk about some of the statements Jesus said. And, uh, when they, this guy was, he was brilliant. And, uh, when he got down to breaking down the statement that Jesus said, he kind of just didn't want to answer it. He just skated the scenario. And Jesus said some things that I realized I couldn't say trying to control my own salvation. And this is how I found him. So my first question to you guys is this. What, what is eternity? And Jesus talked some things about it. I'm going to take you, I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you today. Um, check it out. Matthew chapter 25. Um, Jesus says this. When the son of man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate from them one another. The shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand side, but the goats 
on his left. And then the king will say to those uh, in his right hand, he says, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the, before the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you took me in and I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. I want to stop there. What he's basically saying is everywhere that I led you, you followed. And everyone that I put in front of you, you minister to. He says, you, you, you're a sheep. You follow a shepherd. I am your shepherd. I am your king. Enter into glory because you follow me. There's another reality of this statement, and it, it, he kind of goes on for 37. I'm going to pick up in verse 41 just for a second, and he says this. He says, but then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I'm going to stop there for a second. I want to make it crystal clear. I don't like this, and if I wrote the Bible, I wouldn't put this verse in it. I don't like it. Uh, if it was my choice to decide what I believed, I would just make heaven for everyone. But I realized the arrogance of that. Jesus said that uh, I am the potter and you're the clay. You're just a pot. And I know a lot of us don't like a lot of things that we don't quite understand. Like eternity. It just doesn't seem right. I think of the arrogance of a cup trying to define the maker. This cup trying to explain to a bunch of other pots who I am and how I feel and what's right for every other pot. Hmm. And I think about, you know, just how it works in my own life. I mean, I don't like it on this scale, eternity, and the reality that there is a heaven and there is a hell. I don't like those options. But I think about it in, in, in from my own life, you know, I have a house. I own a house. I'm really grateful that I own a house. Um, and I put a lock on my door. Every night before I go to bed, I lock my door. You know why? There's a lot of people that don't feel like belong in my house. That's why you lock your door. I don't like it. And when I think about the people that there's people that probably are good people that they won't make it, it's unfortunate and it's terrible, but I'm not God. And neither are you. And one day, I believe, after looking at caskets and seeing that people, we all fade. Many people have come before me and many people will come after me. And I will sit around a throne much bigger than myself and I'll be judged. And that truly scares the hell out of me. And I'm grateful that I'm humble enough to let it scare the hell out of me. I hope it scares the hell out of you to the point where you're willing to surrender and recognize that someone else is bigger than you and they're smarter than you and they're wiser than you and they know what's best for you. What sheep ever knows the right direction? The shepherd does. What kid ever knows the right direction? The parent does. What makes us think that because we're grown adults that we know the right direction how to navigate through the world. I'm done with that. I was thinking about eternity and what is it, and the Bible defines it for me in a scenario where I didn't know what eternity is. It's a long, long, long time, and there is only two options, heaven 
and hell. There's not in between. There's not like a, a holding place where you spend until you're a good person or you buy your way out. Like it's not in the scripture. So like wherever other theologies that we're getting doesn't make sense. Point number one is what is eternity? Point number two is uh, how do I get there? How do I get to heaven? Um, well, uh, I'm going to read uh, a verse from John. It's pretty, uh, pretty neat. This is really sobering. There's this story where Jesus is walking and he's become friends with people in Jerusalem and he, he's friends with this girl Mary and, and Martha and, and, and Lazarus and a whole bunch of people. And, and this guy Lazarus, he died. And uh, Mary and Martha are freaking out of their mind because they lost their brother and uh, they, they love him and, and they're scared. Just like I'm scared when I lose someone. Even if I know them well and even if they're great, it hurts, it's painful, it's, it stinks to lose someone you love. Anyone else ever been there? There's, there's no like dumbing it down. It's just hard. Anyways, there's this story. Uh, and, and so in, in John chapter uh, 11, verse 17, I did not put it on the screen. So Jesus came and he found that they had already been dead in this tomb for four days, this guy Lazarus. And uh, he walked for many miles and, and, and Martha approached him and she was really frustrated. And she said, Lord, you know, if you've been here, my brother, he wouldn't have died. It's your fault, Jesus. That's basically what she's saying. She's upset. She looks at Jesus like, my brother's dead because of you You weren't here. Then she goes on to say, but even if you were here, he would have life. Um, And then she says to him, but even whatever you say right now, uh, because you're God, you, you can make it happen. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Question is, how do you get to eternity? Jesus is looking at this woman who just lost her brother, and she looks at him and he says something far more powerful than I can say. He will rise again. That's, that's awesome. And she says, yeah, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, no, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He says, if you believe in me, you will never die. If you believe in me, you will never die. You will never die. You will never die. You will never die die if you believe in me. Now that's bigger than any promise that I can make anything. And Jesus, he went on to say a lot of really crazy things. Now, remember that Jesus, he's accepted in just about every major religion in the world. Hindu. He's accepted in Buddhism. He's accepted in, 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 uh, amongst, amongst the Muslims. He's accepted even in, in... No one denies that he lived. No one denies that he's a genius. But if geniuses make crazy statements like this, they're not accepted. And so I don't know why we accept some of what he says and not all of what he says, but I'm going to the dude who's going to say crazy stuff like this because he's making a promise that no one else can make. And this is what he said. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one will come to the Father but by me. You, you can't get to the Father but through Mary. You can't get to the Father through angels. You can't get to the Father through Muhammad. You can't get to the Father through being a good person. You can't get to the Father for paying money, for tithing, for, for serving. You can't get to the, for, for creating the cure to cancer. But by me. I am your only hope. Now, please understand, you don't have to take my word for it. And I, in fact, I encourage you not to take his word for it. 
Read this. This is what Jesus is saying. This book is crazy alive. I know some of you guys haven't read it in a while. I encourage you. This book is different than anything else in the world. It's better than cable television. It's better than Netflix. It's alive. It speaks to you about your life. Not about your life, but in your life, about everything that's going on. It's awesome, and you should try it, and Jesus will speak to you. I promise. I promise. Here we go. So, you shall never die. Other crazy statements Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. That's okay, I'm going to follow that. And so I did. I made a decision years ago that like, I'm going to give this guy a shot. I remember sitting, I would go to church every week. I was completely drunk, completely hungover, completely. And I would go to church and it was so crazy because I was drunk and then I'd get to church and I'd be hammered then because it was like Holy Spirit was moving. I loved worship. It was like, I'd go and I'd get sober and then I'd It was the best high I've ever had in my life. It was like, man, what is going on? And every week the preacher would ask if anyone wants to receive Jesus. And every week I would be freaking out of my mind because I couldn't do it. Sweating. You know what I'm talking about? Like maybe I have a sweat problem and I just don't know it. But um, I would be, and I would freak out because I'm like, this guy's talking to me. The day that I decided, instantly I knew Jesus was real. I'll give it a shot. I'll try this out. And I remember instantly from the top of my head to my soles of my feet, it was like, I was free. I was free. And that's when I knew it wasn't information. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't a religion. I met someone and he changed my life. Amen? Amen. Cool. Here we go. Uh, and so anyways, uh, that's point number two. What is eternity? It's heaven and hell. And how do I get there? It's Jesus. The only name in heaven and on earth through which Men must be saved. Point number three. Um, is there anything we'll wish we knew? So really, my, I, my, most of my message was to get to this point. And so I wonder, like, if this is my life, right? You know how, like, hindsight is always better? Like, you had a job for a while, and then that job you don't have anymore. You quit, or it, you lost it, and you just kind of look back and go, I, I would have done things different. You had a relationship, and it just didn't work out, and you know, I would have done things differently. Or you're older now, and you just realize you were dumb when you were young. When this is over, and we're here, I wonder what we would think we wish we would have done better. Because that's really what matters, right? Like, we only get one shot at this. The Bible says that uh, it, it is apparent to every man to die once and after that face judgment. We get one shot. The, the Bible says nothing about any kind of reincarnation. It, it's, it's nowhere to be found. I've checked. I, I'd like it. I mean, sometimes I, my wife, I would like a second shot. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, I, I'm, I'd like to do it better. We get one shot at how we live. We could spend our, our money one time on this. So I wonder what we would wish we would know when we get there. I came up with a couple thoughts. Um, first one was, um, I wish I would have known that I only had one shot. I wish that would have gone through my dome a little bit more clear. Second one I thought of is that I wish that I would have 
not been as incredibly distracted as I was. Like, can you imagine if, uh, you know that movie, uh, uh, The Ghost of the Christmas Past, you know, the Scrooge thing, like when he's following himself around. Like, can you imagine how many times you would kick yourself for just wasting life? Just timing out. You know, I think there are things that are really, really, really good and important. Like, um, I read the book of um, Ecclesiastes this week, and I love, I love Ecclesiastes. It always makes me feel terrible, but then it makes me feel great. And he's realizing that everything is meaningless in life, right? And he's like, you know, the only thing that matters is that we eat, sleep, and, and be merry. That we eat, drink, and be merry. And then we just, we, we enjoy each other. We enjoy life. And I think that that's huge, huge. It's <laughs> oh, huge. But I, I think that um, even doing that, we're wasting time. And what are we wasting? Like what, what would we wish that we would have done then that we would do now? I'm going to tell you a story. It's found in Luke uh, chapter 16. And uh, this is a long um, scripture. And so I'm going to do my best to read it to you. But I think that this is pretty neat. Now, before I start the, the scripture, you can leave it up there. It's fine. Um, what's really unique about this passage is this is uh, told by Jesus Remember, he is the beginning and the end. Before Abraham was, I am. He existed for a long time and already exists in the future. It's kind of a weird theology thing, and I don't really know if I fully grab this yet, but I kind of think that God is living in 2,000 years from now, and he's also living in 2,000 years ago at the same time. Like, I don't know. He's the future, and he's... Anyway, I, don't, I don't know anything about that But he tells this story because it means something to him because he's seen the other side. So he knows what eternity is going to look like for a lot of people and it breaks his heart. For example, if I had a spouse um, or a friend or a loved one or a cousin and I knew, I remember that we got into a fight, and they got in a car accident and they passed away. I would do everything in my power to try to prevent that argument and that car accident from happening, right? I mean, we're talking about the bigger picture here. Like, not like kind of like life is the only thing that matters. Like we are a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. Our life, if we live a hundred years, that's going to be awesome. And it's going to be over and it's going to be spent. And so Jesus knows the reality of what happens the day he separates sheep and goats. And he does not like that day. He doesn't enjoy that day. It's not fun for him. And he tells a story about it. I want to share that story with you. It's in Luke chapter 16. <laughs> there was a, a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Two people, rich dude, Lazarus. Different Lazarus. Different Lazarus. Just this poor dude. The other Lazarus is actually rich. Here we go. All right. So uh, poor Lazarus, full of sores, and he laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. This is kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, moreover, dogs came and licked this guy's sores. I don't know why the scripture says that, but it's really good. You get the idea. This guy's got a bad life, you know? Uh, and so, uh, and so it was that the beggar died and he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died 
and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his finger in water that it may cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Let me stop there for a second. This is a, uh, an image of, of eternity. Now, I, I don't actually know if eternity is actual fire, but I get that he's illustrating that this is not a very comfortable place. Does that make sense? And Abraham's son, remember that, uh, so, uh, so he asked that he would send Abraham, that he would tip his finger in water, that it would just, just give me a drop of water, that it, I would have a moment of rest. But Abraham said, son, Remember that in your lifetime, you received good things and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all of this, between us, there is a great goal fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those pass from there to us. Then he said this, verse 27, and I think that this is really the point is what would we wish we knew? This is the dying man's wish on the other side of eternity. And I think the grave is trying to talk to us here today. Then he said, I, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers. I have five brothers. Testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and they have the prophets and let them hear themselves. And he said to them, no, Father Abraham, but if it goes to one of them from the dead, then they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be pursued if one rises from the grave. And I realized it doesn't, it doesn't matter. When we, when we want to be arrogant and not listen, we don't listen. And there's some here that are just stubborn. message today is twofold. One, I believe there's some people here that don't know Jesus, and if you died today, you aren't right with God, and I think that that is terrifying, and I pray that you recognize the only thing that probably matters in your life is that you figure out this moment, whether it's today, tomorrow, or Thursday, hopefully you get to Thursday, because there's a long time riding on it. Now, they, they, someone said once, they said that uh, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, the gospel only made me a better person. If I'm right, whew. would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm not finished yet with the sermon. I just want to take a moment. If you're here today, what is your eternity? If you know that you got stuff in your life that God doesn't like and you've been letting it there longer than you want please understand that everything that I do comes down to this moment I, I, I beg you just like Lazarus begged this guy please slow down if you're here today and you're not right with God with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here and you would say I, I want to give Jesus a chance 
I'm willing to let go. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you. Is there anyone else? This could be the greatest moment of your life. If you don't have peace, if there is anxiety going on right now, let go. It's your soul and the Holy Spirit talking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you'll open the door, I'll come in, Jesus said. Is there anyone else? God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would forgive me. I ask that you would cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I ask that you would make me whole. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, the things I've, times I've been dumb. I ask that you would give me wisdom and grace and your Holy Spirit and new life. I want to know you, God, and the plan that you have for me. In Jesus' name, would you come? The other scenario is this, is that um, I think many of us probably are not very intentional about the way that we live. I, I told this story a few times before. I got hired at a church in California years ago. And um, he's a good friend of mine now. Um, I really hated him when we had this conversation as he hired me. And uh, I, he was asking me what kind of church I came from and what kind of background. And I told him it was like a really Pentecostal church. And we knew like signs and wonders. We experienced God a lot. And he said, well, that's really cool. And he said, that's not our focus. In fact, we're probably not going to do that here. I was like, well, what? And he said, um, hey, listen, there's only one thing that you can't do on earth. That, or, uh, there's only one thing you can't do in heaven that you can do here on earth. He said, we can, we can worship in heaven. We can worship on earth. He said, we can, we can eat in heaven. We can eat on this earth. He said, we can fellowship on earth. We can fellowship in heaven. We can, we can do a lot of things on earth. But the only one thing you can't do in heaven, and that's win souls. So we're going to spend every day of our life doing everything we can to reach people for Jesus. I thought, well, that was a pretty good answer. <laughs> and that became his focus, and it became part of what, now I'm kind of a mutt. I want to see both happen, and I'm probably not doing either right, but I believe that if there is a regret in the future, it's how we live intentionally today. There are people in our lives that need to be around the Holy Spirit that are dealing with anxiety and fear and confusion, depression. Some of them are just dealing with money problems. They just, they just got too much of it. Some of them just got stuff happening. There's people that we love that need to be here. Maybe not here. Maybe take them, take them to a better church. I don't know. But take them somewhere where the Holy Spirit's at. Would y'all, uh, I just want to pray a prayer over you real quick. Jesus, teach us how to be intentional. Teach us how to live life like it matters. Teach us how to spend time with our loved ones like it matters. Teach us how to use our gifts like it matters. Teach us how, 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 to, how to not check out so much, but know that there is an eternal reality that's happening and you want us to sober up and make life count.
Help us to see what you see. Help us to love like you love. This is my closing verse. I thought it was pretty fixing. Maybe we'll sing a chorus. We'll call it quits. This is a pretty cool verse. I thought it was really neat. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 and 10. The end of all things, St. Peter said, is near. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and be of a sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Man, he says the end of the world is coming. Be alert and be of a sober mind, but above all, love each other because love covers a multitude of sins. Guys, stop arguing on Facebook about politics. Love human beings. Like, stop being, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to win the argument. Love people. Love people. Love people. That was a rant. Sorry. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So what he's saying, and I think it's happening here. Our church is growing right now. It's crazy. I'm excited about two services starting. It's crazy how many people of you guys are helping us make services great. It's unbelievable to me. You guys are doing it, and we're doing it, and I just want to encourage you guys to continue loving people. Continue recognizing there's people around you that need you to live with integrity, with character, and intentionally. Father, use us this week. Use us this week. Use us when we walk out of these doors. Use us. All I want to do is honor you. All I want to do is make you great.